My name is Scott Challoner, and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. Now, as regular listeners of our show will know very well, part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And to this end, it is my pleasure to welcome Craig Smith from The Big Picture People onto today's programme. Uh, Craig, the lead consultant and owner of the business, um, runs a company that creates unique visual communication tools which help really share the big picture of businesses with their employees, which helps raise awareness of how their roles deliver on key strategic priorities. I suppose that's the uh, the concise version of what it is that the uh, the business does, but I'm sure Craig himself will be able to expand upon that for us. So without further ado, welcome Craig and thanks for joining us. Good morning, Scott. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be on the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure welcoming you as well, Craig. So as I kind of hinted at there, um, I've talked a little bit about uh, sort of what it is that the big pitch people does, but I'm sure you can expand upon that in your own words and essentially tell us more because I'm sure there's a hell of a lot more to it than I've uh, that I've mentioned just now. Yeah, you did a pretty good job there, actually, Scott. I'll, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed. If, 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 yeah, I mean, yeah, essentially what we do is, the analogy we use is for a lot of organisations, the 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 analogy is it's a bit like we've had a, got a kind of thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle. We've scattered all the pieces all over the table, but nobody's actually got the lid to show how everything fits together. So I guess what we do in very shorthand terms is we create the lid of the box. We we work with organizations to really kind of help them understand what the narrative is that they want to tell their employees. You know, where are we going? Why are we changing? What are our vi- what's our vision? What are our values? Uh, we illustrate that. We've got a team of illustrators here who, who do that, and we create that, a toolkit using some really top-end learning materials that uh, facilitators within their organi- within the client's organization who we train can then take that to people and uh, and make sure everybody's on the same page and everybody's got clear sight of that lid of the jigsaw box. Everybody knows how all those pieces fit together, which um, in most organizations I've worked in, I've worked in multinationals myself as an employee, uh, getting that line of sight is really important. And I'm sure we'll go on to explore that in a bit more detail. Yeah, and just touching on sort of your earlier career, um, what was it that sort of motivated you to kind of make the shift from sort of the, uh, the the corporate role that you were in in sort of various different industries to sort of where you are now and starting your own business? Um, what was the what was the real driver behind that? Yeah, it was about fifteen years ago. I was working for a for a for a very uh, an excellent business. I, lo- I love my job. Lots of travel. You know, I I, got, I managed to travel all over the world with uh, with that job. Um, but I had young kids, and uh, I guess when you, you know, when you've got a job like that internally, it's it, 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 it kind of you know where do I go from here? How do I top this? And I'd had ambitions to run my own business for a few years, and, and almost been on the brink of, of, of leaving and, and starting something about three or four years before. But I'm, I'm so glad I didn't because I, I got a job, my final job, which which which, which gave me some fantastic experience and. Um, what that meant and why I did it, I guess, was was really you know spend more time on my young family. It's a classic story, you know. It sounds very glamorous doing lots of jet setting, but anyone who's done that will know it's lots of hotel rooms, lots of taxis, lots of airport lounges. But uh, it's not as glamorous as people think. So I, something had to change, and and running my own business, I thought at the time was uh, was an easier option, which uh, which uh, anyone who's done that, I'm sure, will uh, will, will have a right smile on their face. But yeah, it, it, it's. Uh, I wouldn't have changed it for the world. It, it was the right decision, and and it's and it's taken me to to uh, be able to work with some amazing people. So yeah, definitely, uh, I left a great job, and and I and I I think I've uh, I've moved into an even better one doing doing what I do now. Fantastic, and it's not the only business, of course. You run the big picture people, so I think um, it's probably fair for me to ask the question that. 
did the experience of starting to sort of go it alone and run your own business kind of feed into the motivation behind the big pitch people and sort of um, sort of really inform you of the importance of you know the why and the purpose that you're sort of driving towards yeah yeah de- definitely i mean my my first business was was a you know, the training business or it was a training business um which was which was kind of uh what I what I left to start, and it was mainly you know kind of delivering what I knew to to to, to clients. Say, so, oh, some of my I actually ended up doing quite a lot of work for my for my previous employer, uh, which is again is a common story in, in this line of work. But but also you know started learning new learning new clients, working with them. But then the opportunity to to acquire the big picture people came up. It was a, it was actually a business that I knew well from from my uh, when I'd worked in corporate life. It was it was a business that we'd used. Uh, internally to, to deliver strategic communications. So, so yeah. So, so, and, and I guess my my corporate job involved me going to a lot of uh, different parts of the business and talking to people and finding out what they knew about the big picture. Although we didn't refer it to us back then, and and I guess that that kind of uh, apprenticeship that I had within within my corporate career really taught me the value of having aligned and engaged employees and and people who knew what they were doing both technically but also knew from a purpose and values perspective why why it was really important that they did not just did their job but did it in the right way as well so that that that, that was a, a kind of um, a natural continuation for me I guess and I think it's more important now more than more than ever isn't it that we are sharing that organizational big picture with our teams from the the leadership perspective because certainly since the uh, the pandemic I think we're seeing a lot more individuals both from the consumer and the employee perspective that are far more aligned with purpose and they're thinking very much more closely aren't they about sort of why am I here why am I in this job am I getting the fulfillment that I need are we sort of uh, working toward a greater purpose and I suppose if you're sort of not considering that you're at risk of losing out aren't you from the leadership point of view because uh, there's a lot of this quiet quitting going on there's a huge amount of noise about the great resignation isn't there and it can be very easy from things necessarily that you're not doing rather than things that you're sort of doing wrong from a director perspective to kind of fall victim to that. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I mean, we've written a few articles about this because we, we, we've seen that phenomenon ourselves, which is, which as I think we went through that that period of, of isolation. I think I think there's two factors at play. I think there's the the fact that obviously the the emotional toll that that wrought on us that, that we, we we probably got a different sense of perspective about our work and, and what we wanted from our work it, you know we've, we've been working you know our nose to the grindstone and and uh, you know essentially for career development and salary i think a lot of people kind of recognize that actually there's maybe some other things in my life that i want and i want to be able to get as much of that from my work as well but i also think that the whole um process of uh, you know, going into hibernation essentially from a social perspective led to quite a lot of uh, in a disconnection from from what it was we were trying to do. Don't get me wrong; I think there were some organisations clearly who were were kind of in the vanguard of what was going on with with in the pandemic, and what, you know, clearly their purpose came to the fore. But I think a lot of organisations maybe kind of to a certain extent lost their sense of, of who they were and, and what they were all about. And I think getting people back together and reconnecting them with that, and and also being clear about whether it's changed you know i think organizations have equally had a, a reevaluation of their purpose and and, uh, and 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 what they're all about and what they're what they're what they're what people are going to be getting out of bed for every morning to do and i think um it, it's a good time to, to do that and as you say i think for all the economic challenges we're facing at the moment i think one thing that a lot of organizations i talk to is that 
you know, they, they need to keep and retain people. There's, there's a lot of, uh, as you say, quiet quitting, a lot of volatility in the, the job sector. And as we all know, there's a lot of vacancies at the moment. And we've got to just, we can't just expect people to come for the salary anymore. They, they, they want to feel as though the organization they're working for is, is, is doing something uh, useful as well. And, and I think explaining that to people is, is, is absolutely critical at the moment. And I think it's important as well that we sort of stress to business leaders that it isn't just about sort of ticking the box of, oh, we're marketing our business to show that, you know, we have sort of sustainability in the environment in mind. It's it's not just about what it is that your business is sort of driving towards and sort of playing on the ethics, is it? It's It's also about what you do with your people, how you look to develop people, because a lot of the quiet quitting is just as much down to a lack of development pathways within a business, a, the lack of a ladder to go up the uh, the hierarchy, as it is about anything else, isn't it? That's another key facet that needs to be thought about. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think we, we need to broaden our horizons of, of what success looks like in, in careers as well at the moment, because traditionally it's been you know, how far we can get up the greasy pole or, or, or salaries or perks and benefits. And, you know, I was talking to someone about this on my own podcast the other day that, that, that you know, particularly if we look at the different generations that are at play in, within the work at the moment, you know, we've got we've got a real cross-section of people all the way from kind of the tail end of the baby boomers all the way through to what people are calling, you know, Gen Alpha now, which is a, a, the, the kind of the people who are going to be coming into the workplace in the next three or four years. And mm-hmm. I think if you look at what, what they want, what's driving their motivations, it, it, it's very, very diverse. And we need to be able to talk to all of those constituencies because I think they've all got very, very different career expectations. Obviously, you know, kind of baby boomers and Gen X people like myself are, are more towards the end of their careers, but, but want to leave a positive legacy. And obviously, people just coming into the job market at the moment are, are wanting to, you know, they're, they're there, there is not, not. I'm saying idealistic, not in a in a kind of negative way. That they they, they, they want to make an impact, and that impact isn't just about you know uh, the size of the paycheck and and how big the, the nameplate on the, the door is for their office. It, it, it's very much more about purpose, and I think we've got to recognize that that's a really important thing for uh, for the for the people in the workplace at the moment, definitely. And given the uh, the generational divide, let's call it that. Do you think that sometimes when it comes to sort of realigning? in this way to sort of make sure that you know purpose is clearly defined and sort of the development pathways are clearly defined is it predominantly older leaders that you're finding and maybe sort of struggling to reconcile the two more than others and perhaps maybe younger up-and-coming entrepreneurs perhaps are sort of more attuned to it naturally uh yeah i, I think that's correct to a certain extent <clears throat> but i also think um I also think that the, the, you know I'm, I'm kind of I'm playing I'm, I'm I'm playing the drum here for the Gen Xers like myself as I do think that they that they also have an element of, 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 of wisdom as well which that which which comes to bear so I don't think it's just the case that that you know we've got some sort of uh, um, you know people who are kind of resistant to all of this stuff I, I, you know our client base is very diverse in, in terms of generations and, and I think we, we we've had equally as much engagement with with kind of the the older end of the spectrum as, as the new, and I, I think it's it, I think it's just you know again without sounding too twee, I think it's very much around recognizing the value of that diversity, and you know, diversity is is massively important at the moment. We all we're all talking about it in our organisations, but I think it's sometimes we we use very narrow categories. Quite rightly, you know, gender and 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 and, uh, and race are very important, and and, and ethnic, ethnicity are really important in terms of making sure. That diversity and representation there but but also i think we need to be looking at you know a broader range of that as well in terms of age diversity but also neurodiversity as well different ways of thinking different ways of 
of, of, uh, and I know for a fact a lot of organizations now are, are actively looking to recruit people with more spiky profiles, not just the kind of classic, you know, sort of uh, driven ESTJ types using Myers Big Briggs language, if, if anyone's familiar with that, but, but looking to get more sort of diversity in, in that respect as well. Yeah, exactly. And it's important, isn't it, to make sure that from the leadership point of view, we don't make diversity the box ticking exercise because you have you run the risk then, don't you, of you're getting these neurodiverse people, sort of people of different races, skin colours, uh, different sort of genders coming through the door and then they might come in there, absolutely despise the culture of the place and then sort of leave through the revolving door again pretty much as soon as they've got there. So I suppose the important mm. thing is that when they do get into the building, there's a very very clear message that their voice is going to be heard and you you know their contribution is going to be valued and i think sometimes the issues that leaders run into with things like this where you know you, we're seeing a lot of people coming in and out of the revolving door it's it's not necessarily things that that leader is doing wrong or necessarily their leadership style isn't is, is, is sort of overbearing or too command and control or too aggressive I think sometimes it can be just as much what the leader isn't doing rather than what they are doing and I suppose that's that's kind of a trap that many fall into isn't it they're not wanting to get things wrong but maybe they're just not doing some of the one or two key things the soft skill things that are really really critical in situations such as this yeah, absolutely, and and I think you know the, the, it's not none of it is it's particularly rocket science. But people want to have, you know, they want to they want to feel as though they belong within an organisation. You know, we're predisposed to, to want to feel part of a of a of a of a club, of a tribe, of a, of a community. That that's kind of one of the key things that we need at work. But but I think as you say, the the, the leaders, leadership role is, is 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 a lot of it's about visibility. It's about caring it's about being seen out there you know kind of understanding having empathy a lot of it's around emotional intelligence which again isn't isn't new it's it's been around for for, for, for 30 odd years now but it, it's just recognizing that that's actually part of your job as a leader it's not just about managing the balance sheet you know that's obviously leaders have, have a very broad range of responsibilities, but from that, that's more from the man, top senior management perspective of their role, the, the leadership part of that is just is, is about connection, and 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 I think that's one of the things that we try and embed into our product product, which is why it's so important that it, it's the the, the the product itself, the, the the end result, the big picture is led by the the organisation's own managers and leaders because they need to be front and centre of that. They need to own these messages and and be seen to be you know, engaged with them, but also listening to what people's reactions are to them. And um, I'm a great fan of the, the TV program, The Undercover Boss. If no one's ever seen it, you can you can uh, you can find it old episodes of it on YouTube. But I think that getting out there and getting in, into your organisation and and putting their you know your not literally but putting your employees' shoes on and, and walking a mile in them is really important. And recognizing the challenges that they have, and and I think people respect that. And that is one of the things that that will drive someone's intent to stay, which is, you know, a metric that a lot of organizations use to, to, to gauge whether how committed and loyal their, their, their employees are. Yeah, exactly. Change has to start from the uh, the top down, doesn't it? It's um, it all starts with sort of senior management, senior leadership, and it isn't it isn't just like you say about the balance sheet and about sort of the quality of product. I mean, it's about sort of making very, very clear that the people that work for you 
are not an inconvenience to you and it's not just part of the job making sure that everybody's okay and you've got to go and check on them all I mean it's it's making sure that they feel valued and that their contribution is valued and that they're part of something greater yeah absolutely absolutely yeah and that's it you know fundamentally we we come to work to want to feel as though we're doing more than just our job description we want to you know people have probably heard the old uh and it's apocryphal. I don't know whether it's true or not, but it, it kind of, it, 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 you know, the whole idea of the story of uh, President Kennedy visiting, uh, you know, the Space Center in the 60s and speaking to a janitor and asking him or her what, she, what they did and, and being told that uh, they were putting a man on the moon. And, you know, again, you know, it's probably, I don't know whether it's true or not, but it kind of, it, it does, it serves the purpose of, of explaining that we need to have people in our organization who know at all levels what, what we're doing, uh, you know, to, to, and, and I guess, you know, the, the challenge that a lot of organisations have is that they, their, their mission isn't as unitary as putting a man on the moon. It, it, it's it's more diverse. There's multiple different things they're trying to achieve, and, and prioritising is often a challenge. But that, I think that's that's the process that we try and help our clients to go through, which is to identify what are those critical few things that are really important to us that we need our people to understand and get excited about. Exactly right. And somebody actually came onto this very program and sort of put this phrase to me, which has sort of stuck with me ever since. And they said to me that relationships are actually the true currency of business. And I think the more you think about it and the more you kind of unpick that, the more I find I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing very, very squarely with that because it is all down to people isn't it i mean it's like you're only mm. as good as a leader as that sort of team of people around you and everybody has to be aligned with purpose pulling in the same direction and it's about understanding yeah. that the janitors as well at nasa as you've just mentioned in that anecdote there i mean they know that they're not of course the person that's essentially building the rocket or firing it off into space but their job is important to keep that organization ticking over and uh, everybody has their own role and everybody feels valued Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just building on what you said there. I mean, again, I'm, I'm not claiming that I've, I've heard other people say, say this statement, but it took them some time surprises. And other people haven't. It's, I remember one of my bosses said to me, and he'd obviously read it somewhere else and, and, uh, and, and I hadn't. And it, to me, it was like, it was, it was a like, real sort of uh, epiphany, but he said to me, you know, you know, as, as, a, as a manager, as a people manager, people, People don't remember what you do, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. And 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 I think that's that's the important thing to remember is the the, the legacy that you leave as a, as a manager, as a leader, is how you've helped major people feel. And that's not about you know that you wrap them in cotton wool and you, you you know you know you shield them from the realities of the world. I think part of that how you make them feel is is how you you help them to mature and grow and develop responsibility and accountability and and a sense of uh, of, of having a uh, being being in control of it as much as is reasonable in the, about their own destiny and not creating a sense of someone who's dependent on you which is a lot of what a lot of micromanagement tends to lead to it leads to people who are who have no accountability and no responsibility and without you they 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 they're, they're helpless and i think that's that for me is the worst worst form of uh, or worst style of, of, of management that we can employ I think that's very true. I think what you need to do is you need to show that there's accountability from sort of your position, from the leadership perspective, but also accountability elsewhere as well. I think you need to give people that sort of empowerment, that independence to go and do things themselves, to make their own mistakes, because we're not infallible, are we? Even in leadership positions, we're learning all the time. We will suffer setbacks, but it's it's showing a willingness to actually be able to sort of take that on board and learn from it and use that in your development, isn't it? I mean, and removing the elements of blame from the culture of a business when, you know, those setbacks and those mistakes do arise, that's just as important. 
absolutely yeah yeah and, and again i think it, 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 i think how how attitudes have certainly changed in my career it, it, when i think back to my early days as, as a manager and leader there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, even though i worked in some fantastic organizations there was a lot of you know kind of what i would describe as macho very you know there was there was there was you know, we used to go around talking about mental toughness, which, you know, it's great. But, but I think nowadays we appreciate vulnerability. We, you know, we appreciate leaders who are, are, are human and, and talk about their own fallibilities and failings and, and, and aren't trying to be, you know, this sort of uh, on this facade that, that they are superhuman because we're not. Nobody is. I've, I've worked with, I've had the benefit of working with some very, very senior people and I've seen them take their masks off, you know, from the kind of the, the, the public persona and, and, you know, and, and confide in me, you know, not, not that I'm a coach, but, but sometimes the, the nature of work means that they turn to, turn to me and my team and, and share things that they wouldn't necessarily share with their own team. And to see that vulnerability makes you realize that, we're, you know, we're all, we're all essentially the same. We're all, we're all very, very, uh, we're just trying to do the best we can with the resources that we've got. And, and we need to recognize that. Yeah, and I suppose if you let the uh, the public persona sort of set the expectation within the organisation, that's where you sort of foster poor mental well-being, isn't it? Because if you're essentially making yourself look superhuman, you're sort of setting that expectation on everyone else, aren't you? Whereas if you show the authenticity and the vulnerability and the shortcomings, you know, people will feel more sort of comfortable. I mean, it's like it's... um. I, I actually I actually forget the uh, the forget the uh, the term, but it's like I, I think they they almost feel like obviously they're emotionally sort of safe in where they are, don't they? Sort of psychological safety, I think, is the uh, is the term. Yeah, that's for. the term. Yeah, that's yeah. The psychological yeah. safety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, we we do, we we've done a we've done a lot around like psychological safety. For me, the essence of psychological safety is recognizing that we're living in an un, inherently uh, volatile and and. Uh, an, an uncertain world and, and I think a leader's role is how do you help people feel safe within that environment and that's not to feel safe as in as I say kind of insulating them from the realities of that but it's to say that, that we'll always do the right thing by you we'll always be honest with you we'll be transparent we won't treat you like kids uh, and if there's a, a tough decision that we've got to make we'll, we'll kind of walk you through that and we'll, we'll kind of involve you as much as we can but you know we aren't going to sugarcoat things um, but, but we will support you in the best way that we can and I think that's the particularly an environment that we're going into for the next what looks like the next sort of two or three years at least um i think that's that's the best thing that leaders can do rather than you know kind of uh, going into kind of closed rooms having these conversations and then being frightened of, of telling anybody what what's going on i think i think we need to be very transparent i think that's what people will be looking for and if we don't do that i think they'll walk anyway <laughs> um and uh, i think people will just just you know, we'll, this quiet quitting thing, as you've already referred to, will become even more prevalent. Exactly right. And I, th- I think it's important as leaders, don't we, that we obviously set the tone um, and set the expectation for psychological safety by showing that we are willing ourselves to, you know, kind of take that step back and prioritise our own well-being as and when we need to as well. And if our sort of colleagues see us doing that, then they'll know that they obviously have the uh, the capacity to go and speak out, you know, when they're maybe sort of struggling themselves. And um, obviously, if you are at the top and you are burning yourself out and, you know, you're not prioritising your own sort of mental health, that is going to have sort of knock-on effects throughout the organisation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you can't do your, you can't do your best work if you're burnt out. And I've seen a lot of people who, who you know, been running on, running on fumes in terms of, of of how drained and empty they are. And, and you know, I, I, I see a a, 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 a drop off in their performance. And, and it's hard to recognise it when that's you yourself. You kind of think you're, 
you think you're doing, you know, equally good work, but uh, yeah, it, it's not good for you. It's not good for the organisation, and people can tend to spot it a mile off. Um, so, yeah, I think we've got we've got to, we, you know, and and, and I think organisations are doing some really good work around this at the minute. You know, the amount of organisations now talking about mental health, talking about mental having mental health first aiders, you know, proper infrastructure within their organisation. I think it's just the key thing is. As you say, is 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 not to say. Well, we've created this for everyone else in the organisation, and not recognise that we've got our own mental health needs as well, and uh, and and be seen to be. You know, again, obviously, certain elements of that need to be confidential. If if that that it's not about you know kind of exposing everybody's uh, personal situations, but I think we do need to be willing to talk about it and talk about when you know we've uh, we've been in those situations ourselves. That's very true, I think. And um, I suppose when we're sort of looking to sort of really set a positive example of that, I mean, yourselves at the big pitch people are hoping to sort of play a real sort of frontline role in sort of helping the clients and the businesses that you're working with really implement those changes to the best possible effect. And as we start to sort of navigate... um, a sort of volatile period we know that we're sort of entering an economic downturn and so you know the authenticity this sort of real positive leadership within business is going to be so much more important over the course of this period of time i was just wondering if you have sort of had any sort of personal milestones or sort of goals of your own uh, moving forward craig and uh, where exactly do you see sort of yourselves um this time in a year what are you really hoping to have accomplished yeah, I, th- I think we're, 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 we're you know, it, it, it is, it is very volatile. It seems to have been permanently volatile. I mean, I, I started my business a year before the, uh, the the financial crash in 2008. I remember being at a client's watching the uh, queues forming around the corner at Northern Rock um, on the TV and thinking, oh, this looks this is really interesting. And, and getting through that and thinking, blimey, if we got through this, we couldn't, you know, couldn't, what could possibly be worse than this? And then obviously, COVID came along and you kind of think you weather the storm through that and that was tough because you know we had to uh, we had to change a lot of what we did because you know in COVID people weren't getting together which is a kind of core core part of our product and our offering uh, so we had to kind of you know come up with some creative ways of getting around that and then we thought you know phew we got through that and then obviously we're now into a, into another period of volatility. So I think you know with I think being honest I think we, we you know we do want to grow we want to continue to grow but at the same time we are realistic enough to know that um, we need to be we need to be sensible about that as well, um, and and so I think it, for us it, it, it's not about sort of standing still, but if we can you know if we can kind of maintain our our, our revenues for the for this uh, for these next few years, I guess one of the dangers is that what we do, although we don't think it is, can sometimes be seen as a bit of a, a luxury, particularly if when when organisations are tightening their belts. So you know I think for us it's a very much around very much what we've been talking about today. It's saying that it isn't a luxury. It's actually a, an essential to, to keep your people connected. And, you know, there are other ways of doing what we do. You know, there are other ways of communicating with your people, but it's internal communications and communicating with your employees is vital. And I'm hoping that we can continue to, um, you know, be successful in that space. The business itself is over 20 years old now. As I said, I've only been operating it myself uh, since I acquired it about five years ago, but it, it you know, it, it's it's weathered a lot of storms, and and I, and I think we will certainly weather this one, and and it's just a, m- a matter of how much we can continue to grow during it. I think. 
And hopefully, like I say, this is going to pave the way for some real positive and sustainable growth because sustainable growth is just as important, isn't it, as you mentioned there. I mean, it's like it's when you enter that scale-up phase, you've got to make sure that if you're growing exponentially, it's at the rate where you're going to continue to cope with it. And I suppose in this country, we do see businesses fail when they enter that phase quite a lot because some certain sort of cultural transitions, for instance, business leaders might get wrong and, you know, it might not sort of marry up to sort of future expectations, future needs. So plenty of food for thought there for leaders to think about and um for anybody mm. that is sort of listening into this and does want to sort of look a little bit more into the big pitch people and the work that craig does uh, i think the big pitch uk is probably the best port of call for that isn't it craig it is yeah and we've also got our own podcast as well which uh, again i think we're competing with you ours is very much geared towards internal comms and we talk about some of the issues we talked about today so uh you can find that on our website or if you go to engagingic.com uh that that is uh, a kind of dedicated url for our podcast as well over 80 episodes there absolutely no sense competition whatsoever anybody tuning into this please go feel free to check that out if internal comms is very much of course uh, what your what the, your industry is and what you're aligned with and uh, for anybody who of course is listening into this particular podcast today and you know you might feel um, you know sort of particularly um, impassioned by some of the issues you've discussed today or you feel that they really do resonate with you um, you can leave a comment with us on this program and that would be via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash contact hyphen us or if you wanted to submit a question to any of us or even Craig, you can do that via the same URL as well. And anything for Craig's attention, of course, we'll we'll, we'll pass on to uh, on, on to him directly. Um, for anybody as well listening in who might want to bring their own perspective directly to the discussion table as well and sit down with me on the program, um, I should also remind you that you can do that by applying to be on the show yourself, and that'll be via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. And if you run your own business or head your own organisation or you're in any kind of relevant leadership role, be more than happy to uh, to consider having you on the show net with me next time. Um, for now, it's been an immense pleasure welcoming Craig Smith from Big Pitch People onto today's programme. And Craig, thanks ever so much for giving up your time to come and speak to us. It's been really enlightening having you, and I'm sure the listeners do share that sentiment. And best of luck over the uh, the next year in really um, sort of exercising those aims to, uh, to full effect that you've just talked to us about. And uh, do um, wish you not only good luck, but uh, hopefully we'll catch up again um, on this very programme and just see exactly how well you've done with it. And hopefully there'll be some positive news to share in the uh, the months ahead. Thank you, Scott. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. It's been fantastic. And um, to everybody listening into the programme, I do hope that you've thoroughly enjoyed the interview just as much as I have. And um, I've been your host, as always, on today's episode of the Leaders' Council podcast, Scott Challoner. And until next time, when we'll be back with a whole new perspective on leadership, please do take care all and goodbye.